Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, trapped in the honey hole. Okay, let's talk about this honey hole, Jordan. Welcome. <laughs> nah, to- let's just breeze past it. Okay. <laughs> is a honey hole, is that, uh, is that where you find everything you're looking for? Or is that where, like, a cop traps you with a, a false <laughs> sex worker or something? Well, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you can help me figure it out. Wow, I'm an expert on slanguage, as <laughs> mm-hmm. I call it. So as you know, uh-huh. uh, as our listeners know, I've become recently uh, interested in the wit and wisdom of uh, Mr. Matthew McConaughey. Sure. Well, Matthew McConaughey, one of our greatest film stars, one of our greatest Texas politicians, uh-huh. one of our greatest bongoists. And one of our greatest thinkers, it turns yeah. out. Sure. One He's- of our greatest metaphor weavers. Right. Yes. I mean, it's word jazz with this guy. Right. So. I, you know, to to recap, I uh, listened to his memoir, Green Lights, um, really enjoyed it. And McConaughey loves to just kind of drop a little wisdom nugget that always sounds good, doesn't always make sense. Right. And it sounds good because it's coming from the most handsome and charismatic human being on Earth. Right. Just said with pure confidence. Yeah. Um, but somehow also... In a way that draws you in rather than pushing you away. Of course. And, uh, you know, if you're if you're hearing these said, they always end in a little chuckle that seems to suggest <laughs> even I can't believe what I just said. Yeah. Even I can't. What did I just? Yeah. Me from the Dallas Buyers Club? <laughs> sure. OK. All right. <laughs> Mr. Rain of Fire himself came up with that one. I'm as dazed and confused <laughs> as you are. So here's the latest McConaughey nugget. He's known the world over. It's Mr. Rain of Fire. <laughs> yes. So, okay, wait. So in his book, he doesn't talk that much about movies he's been in. Right. He goes into a couple, and one of them is the late 90s dragon fighting movie Rain of Fire <laughs> with Christian Bale. Uh-huh. And he he really gets into the shooting of that and, like, barely mentions Dallas Buyers Club, <laughs> the movie that he won an Oscar for. Do you think that that is a function of a ghostwriter's special interest? Or do you think that he just, the ghostwriter had four hours with McConaughey and McConaughey just started in on Reign of Fire. He used 90 minutes on that. And the ghostwriter's like, well, I've used everything else and I still have to get to 160 pages. I think McConaughey doesn't know the difference between Reign of Fire and Dallas Buyers Club. I think one he prepared harder for. Right. Reign of Fire. He talks about, you know, getting up early. Taking like, dragon riding classes. Yeah. <laughs> he said he would like wake up with a bottle of tequila by the bed, do a shot and then like run barefoot. To get into the head of a dragon fighter. Sure. I mean, that's why dragon Two things that don't happen in the movie. I watched it recently. (laughs) Famously do. Anyway, here's the latest McConaughey nugget from Mm -hmm. social media. Right. You heard of this thing? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Took me exactly 53 trips around the sun to realize that right now I'm as young as I'll ever be and as old as I've ever been here in the honey hole between already and not yet. Amen. (laughs) Amen. <laughs> He's in the honey hole. Does that mean? Is it a cry for help? Is he? Is this a Winnie the Pooh situation? Is Matthew McConaughey currently caught in a hollow tree and he needs <laughs> us to get him out? I think the only possible, there's only two possible mm-hmm. explanations for this. One is, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. 
a little black rain cloud slash right. tree stump thing that he's got going. The other is he and his wife just tried anal for the first time. <laughs> yes. So I don't know if and he's married. Using, but... And they're using non-traditional lubes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> honey. Honey. It's a honeyed hole. It's a honeyed hole. Yeah. A lot of people say coconut oil or whatever. Right, he's, yeah. He's just going pure through. local honey. He's like, okay, uh, the purple stuff. Sunny D. <laughs> yeah. Common logic is you want something that allows you to slide in and out, not a thing that keeps you stuck there. <laughs> well, but I don't McCann, know. But plays it differently. Well, I don't know. Maybe... Yeah. McConaughey is going to underplay anything. Our guest on the program is an acclaimed podcaster. What does that even mean? He's one of those. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Let me put it this way. I wouldn't know. Right. Well, well, no, I was going to say, if anyone. Never having been acclaimed. I think you you guys are two of the most acclaimed. Griffin, uh, Griffin Newman is one of the hosts of the Blank Check podcast. He's also the star the top line star of the new film, Disenchanted. Number one. Um, he's <laughs> Amy Adams who? Bad news, James Marsden. Yeah. Get out of here. Adams, Marsden, uh, Patrick Dempsey, Maya Rudolph. Mm-hmm. It, all these people are, are playing second fiddle to me. Griffin Newman is our guest on the program. What a joy to have you Thank here. Thank you so much for having me here. So excited to talk Disenchanted. Yes. Um, now, this is a sequel to the film Enchanted. Correct. From 2007. What do they use as lubricant in the film? <laughs> Magic. Okay. Yeah, right? <laughs> Magic. Just a sprinkling of fairy dust yeah. and a wish on the wind. Yeah. It's, it's all about mag- magic wand, a, a, a powerful wish, anything can happen. Sure. Yeah. What a joy to have you here. We, we've been wanting to have you on the show for years. Same. We're yeah. glad you're here in Los Angeles to yes. visit with us. Yes, it's in the nice honey hole. It's <laughs> yeah. What is your experience with the great Matthew McConaughey? Have you ever covered a Matthew McConaughey film on Blank Check? Great question. Have you ever met Matthew McConaughey on the set of The Tick, for example? <laughs> he was around a lot. Yeah, he'd come by. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was a big fan of the animated. Yes. Yeah. No, he was a big chairface Chippendale guy. Yeah. Um, I was just about to make a chairface. It's the Chippen- one to pull. I was going to say, if you got a season three, McConaughey would have been chairface Chippendale. You know, there was that conversation. I mean, I'm going already off tangent here, but Ben Edlin, who's the creator of The Tick and was the creator of all of the tick created the tick when he was 16 years old as part of a newsletter for his local comic store becomes the indie comic becomes the cartoon show becomes the Warburton show and then the, the more recent live action show that I was a part of and bent his credit and going against the grain of pretty much everyone else in the industry right now is like if I'm rebooting something I want to do different things I don't want to repeat the same beats sure. and the same characters and there would be this push and pull because I, I was probably the person not probably I was the person on the cast who was the biggest fan of the tick. And it was pretty clear that he didn't want anyone who was too reverential to the past versions because he wanted to do new things. And I basically had to hide from him that I knew (laughs) what any of this was until I got hired. And then he was like, what the fuck is this? You know, like hand grenade, man. What is yeah. this? You, had, you thought you were a jock type. Yeah, absolutely. You had to hide your American made tattoo. Totally. So then I like I I would be the one pushing him being like, hey, you think about the church and the old thing. And it felt yeah. like he was like relenting to season three was going to be chair face. There was a lot of wow. pressure from everyone's oh side gosh. that there was access to that character legally, mm-hmm. which some of the tick stuff is tied up in weird ways. But we would have that internal conversation of like loose guy who plays chair face. Answer that was always kind of the coolest to us was Mark Hamill. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. It felt like the right tone. I mean, obviously, wait, Mark for... Hamill from Star Wars? Yes. Oh wow. Yes. 
I mean, that's one of the biggest movies of all time. Luke Skywalker. Yeah. yeah. Nerd He's crazy. Luke Skywalker? Luke, he was Luke. Yeah, no, that's the part he played. <laughs> oh, wow. You recognized him as Mark Hill from Star Wars, but who did you think he was in Star Wars? You seem surprised. <laughs> you know that little guy that's friends with Jabba the Hutt? It's like just kind of. <laughs> that's... It's not Mark Hamill. No, although they have similar energies, I yeah, would say. Sure. Yeah, little cut-ups. But, oh, ah, ooh, yeah. Ah. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Always getting zapped, flying right up to the ceiling. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Our listeners know I'm a medium Star Wars guy. So, sure. So, Sorry, yeah, back to original questions. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Uh, McConaughey, we did, we did Interstellar on the podcast. I'm trying to think if we did any other ones. I mean, the thing with Blank Check is we, we're, we're sort of director-driven. So we, we look at the career of a director, we pick someone, we do all of their movies, we go through it like that. Occasionally, for whatever reason, we'll justify a scattershot one-off of something else. But you do find there's certain people where it's like, we've covered at this point like 10 plus Anne Hathaway movies. <laughs> and you step back and you go like, Anne Hathaway's worked with some good directors. Yeah, you she did even... a lot of Kubrick. <laughs> all of them, weirdly. Yeah. No, but it is that thing where you start to realize, like, oh, which actors seem to be more director-driven? Tom Cruise is a big one, right? Where, like, when he pops in Top Gun, basically until War of the Worlds, when his career's dinged a little bit, he clearly has a checklist of, like, I want to go through all the major American directors. I want to work with all the Oscar and winners. I want them to film me running. Right. Yeah. I want to be filmed running by the greats. I want to see the difference of how Scorsese films me running versus <laughs> Sidney Pollack. With each of them, I will do my strange combination of compelling and unsettling. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you're like, that's a guy who clearly, like, targeted. And then you're like, Anne Hathaway does, like, two Nolan movies and a Jonathan Demme movie and, like— uh, uh, Zemeckis we, we just like she's come up so many times and then McConaughey's one of those guys where it's like he's got such a varied career he's worked with a lot of good directors but he hasn't worked with a lot of the like you gotta know. get the Linklater situation running I know Linklater's the one and the problem is Linklater has made 87 movies he makes yeah. like he'll have like the weird gear where he's like now I'm making four but I think Interstellar's maybe the only one we did I've never met him I weirdly went to the premiere of Fool's Gold, uh -huh. <laughs> which I would argue was— I went to the premiere of Yuli's Gold. Oh, really? Mm, yeah. I've eaten a rolled gold pretzel. <laughs> Didn't care for it. Yeah, not uh, crazy about not it. He prefers a, great, a soft pretzel, more a of a pretzel. ballpark pretzel guy. I saw him in person there, and it was maybe right when I was starting trying to make a go of acting. And it was one of those things, like, being in the same room with him, you're like, fuck, that is a movie star. Yeah. You know? And and that was at kind of a nadir point for him. Like, Fool's Gold is when the wheels are starting to fall off the wagon on the rom-com run, and it's like, this is diminishing returns. Sure. He's going to need to find a new phase. But I did look at him, and I was like, that's the most incredible tan I've ever seen. You know? His skin is, like, pure bronze. The few movie star, like, movie star, movie stars who I have ever interviewed for Bullseye. Yeah. I've interviewed a lot of, like— Steve Buscemi's mm -hmm. uh, wonderful, wonderful actors who have starred in movies, mm -hmm. but like the few like Elizabeth Banks, Gina Davis, people like that yeah. are so extraordinarily compelling. I mean, like Gina Davis is 55 or 60. Yeah. I don't I don't know exactly how old Gina Davis is. And like she's in here in her, you know, blue jeans and a T-shirt and you're like, Wah! you know, like it's like a fire hose of charisma. It's one of those things. And, and sometimes you meet people who, who are at that level of stardom and you realize like, oh, they need to turn it on. It's like an illusion. It's smoke and mirrors. Their default state is not that. And then there are other people who just have that vibration. 
I've talked about this too many times on Blank Check, but I was in an elevator once with James McAvoy, and it was mm. like, holy shit. It was <laughs> one of those things you're talking about where it's like, I like James McAvoy. I'm a fan. I don't think of him as like right. megawatt, obviously electrifying charisma. And I was in an elevator with him, and I was just like, I cannot take my eyes off this fucking guy. And he was just picking which button to hit. Yeah, <laughs> But he had the thing. And you're like, Sometimes it is a creation. Sometimes it's kind of innate to your being. The biggest people, it's usually a combination of innate charisma combined with good craft. I just ran into somebody the other day. There was a brief period when uh, non-self-published media were vaguely interested in me. When I mm. hosted the uh, the Spirit Awards nomination special. Sure, sure. And for this, by the way, a dream job for me. Truly, a was, thing I would love to do. It was fantastic. The only problem was I forgot that there are no cue cards or teleprompter when you are shooting something like that on yeah. on location. And I truly cannot remember more than one sentence. Like one of the skills of a professional television host is they hand you a paragraph and you look at it and then say it. And I truly cannot do and that. It's also with that. It's like it's all names and titles. It's yeah. not like you can paraphrase mm-hmm. yeah. the basic was... intent of the sentence. Sure, yeah. that boat movie <laughs> right? from from this year's uh, the boat one. The guy from the thing with the mustache in the movie yeah, with the boat. You I know. was so good at reading Did the teleprompter that they got so cocky about my ability to host television shows, yeah. and yeah. I could not yeah. do that. It was so bad. But I interviewed two movie stars for that mm. special because they were presenting the nomination. Yeah. Uh, one was Ava Mendez. Okay. Uh, who may be the most beautiful human being I've ever interacted with uh-huh. personally. And like, I still think about when she touched my knee briefly. Yeah. Like, mind blowing. Ava Mendez, such a delight. Yeah. The other day, I ran into a woman who worked on the Spirit Awards for mm-hmm. a long time. And I was, I was, I was like, oh, one time I hosted the IFC Spirit Award nomination special and did not get invited to the Spirit Awards, even though they said I would be. Yeah. And I told her this anecdote, which was Ava Mendez, most radiant human being I've ever interacted with, smelled incredible, touched me briefly, and I've thought about it for a decade sure, since. Sure. Jeremy Renner, extremely smelly and dirty looking. Yeah, yeah. And I said to her, my experience with Jeremy Renner was that he smelled very bad in a way that you shouldn't smell when it's 10 o'clock in the morning uh-huh. in West Hollywood. Right. But And the answer to that question is probably, it was 10 o'clock for you, for Jeremy Renner, <laughs> it was 2 a.m. plus 10. 22 o'clock. Right, yeah. exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and she said to me, yes, we heard that feedback on Jeremy. <laughs> I mean, this is another interesting point, which is like, there's some people, movie stars, where you see them in person and you're like, once again, like, oh, you just photograph well. Mm-hmm. In person, you don't look as striking. For whatever reason, it hits the lens in the right way, whatever. Smaller, too big of head. Sure. Exactly. And then and, and but you're like, but somehow this features when you put it under the right light and you make mm-hmm. it the right way, it does pop, right? Yeah. There's some underlying thing there. Cer- certain beautiful people you see in real life are kind of funny looking. Flip side, though, I do think there are people you see, like perhaps even Mendes falls in this category where you're like, you actually don't photograph well. You look better <laughs> sure. in person. Yeah. You are so absurdly good looking that even a camera you diminishing only do your... plays. Right. Only do plays in small rooms. Like Rachel McAdams is someone like that in my experience where you're like, in person, you're like, why are all DPs fucking this up? Yeah. And I always th- thought you looked great. I did press junkets mm. for, yeah. a, for a hot second. Yeah. You know, had, had my four minutes with the greats. Mm-hmm. 
And from Tyrese to Tyrese. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) From Tyrese and the Angel movie to Tyrese and the Car movie. Two big ones. Yeah. But I remember distinctly kind of walking back to like the press holding area Mm -hmm. and looking through a door and catching a glimpse of Matt Damon just on his phone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he looked sad and bored. And I will always remember it because I'm like, oh, we're all we're all the same. He's just we're a guy. We're all the same. Right. There's yeah. something kind of humbling about that. You're you're going to ask something, Jesse. Sorry. This is my question. And yeah. it returns to the subject. OK, well, first of all, I'm going to say when you meet a real movie star in real life mm. who maybe isn't famous for being handsome on screen, they're often very handsome in real life. Yeah, there's that funny uh, Paul thing. Paul Dano. That's what I call the right. Paul Dano effect. Paul right. Dano Zachary, famous. Zachary Levi plays nerds. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, no, but it's this opposite thing. Look at, look at the beautiful well, Griffin Newman. No, of course, I, he plays handsome on screen. Uh, I would say the opposite. But I no, it's what you're talking about where you're like the people who are thought of as funny looking character actors. You're like for that to translate on screen you actually kind of need to be an absurdly handsome person. Unless you're in British television. Yes. <laughs> okay, so here's my question. Uh, you know, unconventionally handsome, but yeah. it's like, it's only distortive when you put them next to people who look like perfect symmetrical Ken dolls. I have a Matthew McConaughey question for yeah. you. Yeah. And this is about smell. Mm. So I'll say the two best smelling celebrities I've ever yeah. interacted with, are the aforementioned Ava Mendez uh-huh. and the legendary film critic and cultural gadfly Elvis Mitchell. Oh, wow. Both of them smell incredible. Elvis always smells. Every time I've seen Elvis, I've noted. What do you think it is? If it's uh, aftershave? Do you think it's I think he's a cologne guy who really gets it, who really nails it. Because normally a cologne guy is a little bothersome to me because it maybe could give me a migraine. But he just smells gorgeous. Let's also say he's an incredible looking person. Like he that is. guy is always kind of perfectly dressed. He yeah. just looks fucking cool. The all man is suited and booted. Right. And it's like here's a guy who's like sitting up there running Q&As with movie stars. And you're like, I can't take my eyes off of you. I know. Especially when like the, the people who maybe also do that are like a guy from Ain't It Cool News. Yes. You know? <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> who is in a uh, Reign of Fire hoodie that he right, got. You're, you're like, Elvis Mitchell has, he has the the runway to be slovenly if he wants to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And instead he looks so fucking cool. Yeah. So if you look at Jeremy Renner on screen, yeah. you can tell that he's a smelly man. Yeah. If you look at Colin Farrell, mm-hmm. you, you can presume that he... He has a natural musk or an unnatural musk that at the best he's covered up with a scent of some kind, right? He feels like a guy to me where at different periods of his career, I think he would smell radically different, if that makes okay. sense. Because there were times when he was sweating amphetamines or whatever. <laughs> there were Renner years, maybe. Yeah. Semi-recently, he tried to cut in front of me at a parking validation, didn't smell anything. That's, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there are times where he might have been really cologne there might have been like K-hole moments and sure. there might be times where he's he's even out and he's neutral. Yeah. So here is a celebrity. Conjecture. Conjecture on my part, just to be right. clear. Sure, yeah. of course. Yeah. We're all just I, guessing. Yeah. And none of this is none of this is negative or should affect your future career. Of course not. So if you're a casting director, just listen to it and interpret it however would best get Griffin cast. Uh-huh. Here's a celebrity that to me, mm. I couldn't put a finger on how they would smell. Were I to get close to them, and you I couldn't would be, even guess. I would be thrilled to get close to them. Uh-huh. This is someone that if they invaded my personal space, I would be thank you very much. Please touch my knee. Uh-huh. But I could not tell you from conjecture whether I thought they were smelly or sweet smelling. Interesting. Okay. 
Matthew McConaughey. I think I, I've thought a lot about this. Yeah, I have okay. too. I have as well. I think it's B.O., but you like it. I okay. think it's a, it's one of those. It's like pheromonal. Yeah. Th- that's my feeling as well. I think he is pungent, mm-hmm. but it, it is an intoxicating aroma. It right. is a, I think there are two avenues here. Okay. I think it's either that, like naturally this guy just is compelling. Yeah. There's some. It's that, like one of, probably one of those flowers that only blooms during an equinox, you know? I think it's either that or it's weird product. I think there's no chance he wears deodorant. Mm-hmm. He might yeah. cover his body in oils. I think he probably uh, yeah, that's yep. I you think know? he probably puts one of those crystals under his arm. You that's know what I'm talking thing. about? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's a real that can cut either way, where sometimes those people smell the worst of all. Mm-hmm. Right. The alternative odor people. Mm-hmm. Now, Griffin, as a graduate of UC Santa Cruz, I can tell you you don't need to use those products on your body. Your body wants to balance right. itself. Do you want to be covered in aluminum? That yeah. is my prediction. My guess would be that McConaughey is that guy, the guy you've just verbalized, but he's the exception to the rule who does smell good. Yeah. That he is the one guy who makes everyone else think, I don't need to fucking wear this shit. I mean, Natural odor. Look at how lustrous his coat is. Everything mm-hmm. about him is just... How healthy his gums are. <laughs> yeah. He look, I mean, the guy, the guy looks great. Yeah. yeah. I took my uh, dog to the vet yesterday mm-hmm. and uh, they had to make me show the teeth because she's a biter. Mm. And uh, they showed me first how to do like a downward claw, like a claw game claw to lift the gums. Yeah. Right. And then they said... Oh, nice pink gums. I said, thank you. I've always... Ooh, look at those pinkies. I've always thought she had nice gums as well. That's why we picked her out to not get killed at the shelter. (laughs) I'd like to hard pivot. Do you guys mind? No, not at all. Yeah, please. Uh, To a different field besides podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I will now run its course. I will now be uh, Twitch streaming no hit runs on Sakura. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be a millionaire by next year. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Finally. We were, you know, we're fun guys yeah. before the mics came on. You're wearing like a Hawaiian shirt with flowers on it. It's true. Very fun. In November. In what? November. What? This Who's guy, this asshole? Griffin, just so what? you know, yeah. this guy marches to the beat of his own drummer. Mm-hmm. Other people are based in turkeys and this guy here. Yeah. You're looking for a four seam fastball, but guess what? He's throwing you the hook. Yeah. Hey, you're looking for a fastball. I'm blending a pina colada. <laughs> he's, he's throwing a, a gutter ball. That's, That's what true. he's doing. Yeah. Fun guys. Three fun men. Sure. Am I the most fun? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Visually, sir. No yes. doubt about it. Yeah. But yeah, we're all fun. I'm the largest. Sure, I'm the smallest. That's true. So we each have a thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fun. He's big. You're tiny. Yeah. A classic comedy trio. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We were doing a little bit Mm. before the mics came Mm -hmm. on. Just to kind of warm up, get warm. Yeah. Yeah. And avoid Uh, emotional intimacy. Taking taking some (laughs) practice swings. Yeah. Mm And the subject of Wario came up. You made a bit about making Wario bits. Yes. You basically said, we're going to do like a couple minutes at the top introduction, do some long running Wario bits, and then we'll introduce you. Yeah. The bit was we're trying to explain that we're podcasters, which is the lifelong challenge of the podcaster. Once once upon a time, your dentist had never heard of a podcast. Mm -hmm. Now they've heard of Joe Rogan. Right. And now they're confused that you're not Joe Rogan. Yeah. You're (laughs) like, are you one of Joe Rogan's friends? So you made $100 million, right? You're, you're like, like, well, I wouldn't say we're friends, but yes, I'm Dave Foley. <laughs> <laughs> you think they still keep in touch? I don't Joe Rogan so. in the cast Probably. of News Radio. You know, I just recently got through watching all of News Radio, and it that, that cast is an incredible snapshot of a moment. Yeah. And, and just where everyone goes from there. Andy Dick. 
Yeah. Andy Dick. And they're all wonderful in it. Even Joe Rogan does it a is great job. One of the best comedy ensembles in history. And yep. then you're like, is this the most cursed cast of all time? I'll tell you what, I interviewed Maura Tierney one time. Mm. We could, could barely hold it together. Oh, she's so <laughs> good on the show. Barely hold it together. Okay. Uh, so you were making yes. a fake joke a bit about bits and use Wario as the specific sure. of the kind of thing that a podcast As a way to would kind of downplay what we about. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Sure, sure. And I said, well, I'll hold my tongue and wait for the introduction, but I do have a lot of Wario thoughts. <laughs> so a, now you want my Wario thoughts. Yeah, I right. It was, yeah. I don't want to waste. I mean, you, you know, you're you're here in LA all the way visiting. Here to talk about Wario. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, oh, Griffin, I just got a phone call from the folks over at Disney. They're saying they want to push Disenchanted, so make sure to talk about Wario. Sure, <laughs> sure. That's what they're looking for, the bomb. Yeah. Wario, of course, we should say is Mario's enemy. Yeah. One of his enemies. Imagine, Bowser and, imagine yeah, the if M is you upside down. are listening to the show and you don't know. <laughs> you don't know who Wario is. Imagine if we had ever talked about anything else right, on this right. show. In fact, you have to contextualize anything that isn't Wario when you bring it up for discussion on this show. I, well, so I think as a kid, I was always, I love the dramatic device of the bad mirror image villain. Right. Right. right? The sort of funhouse mirror villain. The, anytime you had a Bizarro, a Wario, mm-hmm. this is that guy Wait, upside down. Wait, the funhouse mirror, like a very tall, skinny or short and wide that's version That's what I'm saying. Of like Wario that's and Wario Waluigi. Yeah, yeah, you know, Wario and Waluigi are like funhouse mirror versions Got of it. them. And it's like, let's turn the letters upside down. Sure. Let's swap the color palettes, that kind of thing. I think I always liked that device. And I think I always thought they looked cooler and were having more fun mm. versus like some some wildly different villain. You're like, this guy's reminding me of the things I like about the hero, but taking it off the leash a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He rides a motorcycle. Yes. He collects treasure. Yes. He <laughs> farts aggressively. Everything about And this is the other thing. I think with Mario in particular... I've always been fascinated by for how much everything now, especially with like big franchise IP kid cross appeal for quadrant shit. It's so like algorithmically designed to take all these boxes Mm -hmm. of what do kids like, right? How do you tap into the trends? And Mario is talking like, dogs, bulldozers, sure. police cars, pop punk theme songs. Princesses. They're the things we have, right? I was just describing Paw Patrol, but go ahead. Huge hit though. Yeah. But you're like, that's a show where you just like they nailed every element. Yeah. They just perfectly There is a PBS show called kids show called Dinosaur Train. Yes. Yeah. And another one. I've not watched it, but someone told me about it. I'm like, God, that's brilliant. Yeah, it was just mm-hmm. like Slam Dunk. You that's put the pitch meeting. You say dinosaur train. Yeah. yeah. And then James and then Cameron a writes a dollar sign on a Children whiteboard. can learn to read. Children yeah. know right. how to read. Does it teach things? Just, I, yeah. Dinosaur okay. train does. Yeah, sure. Cool. But all of these make perfect sense. The persistence of Mario in pop culture, one of the most beloved characters right. in the world, who I'd argue only grows over time. Yeah. And you're like, on paper, this is stout, middle-aged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Italian blue-collar worker. Right. Yeah, somewhat racist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like nothing about this. In a this Japanese sort of way. Obviously makes I sense as a character I think his Italian-ness was added later, right? Like, it increases over was... time. Yeah. There's these YouTube compilation videos that people do where it's like the history of this character and they compare right. every voice actor mm-hmm. and the different eras across the games. And I was interested, what is the evolution of how Mario sounds? Yeah, Because I think that would just, when he was created as Jumpman, that right. was just 
the most realistic you could make a human. That's the, and it's like originally he was Michael Jordan, jump man. <laughs> right, yeah. But that's what's wild is you're like it's basically functionary. Yeah. It's just the limitations of the time and then they sort of like obviously the the technology gets better but they never veer away from what he was originally. Right. They just stay in that lane. And then so to have bad Mario, right? It's not like, well, Bizarro is bad Superman. Superman's the coolest, most handsome, powerful guy in the world. What if Superman was a monster? Yeah, what if he was made of gray rocks? Mm -hmm. Right. And Wario is just like, what if Mario was more (laughs) pear-shaped? He didn't groom his mustache and he was grumpier. Mm -hmm. This is the thing that Jordan said. And now one of the things that, regular listeners to this program know is that I really love to talk about Wario, but don't really know anything at all Mm -hmm. about Wario other than that he's evil Mario. Yeah. Now, Jordan has described some some qualities Mm -hmm. of Wario. Yeah. Um, Rides a motorcycle. I think I I knew that from uh, Mario Kart, maybe. I knew that he was a he's a different shape than Mm -hmm. regular Mario. I was excited to learn that he's a treasure collector. Yeah. I like loves treasure. I like the idea of a billionaire, a Jeff Bezos yeah. type. And he says, Well, you know, I spent my career building Amazon. Yeah. You know, I I was focused on the supply chain efficiencies. I always said we don't need to make money as long as we're innovating in the marketplace and making the customer experience better. Yes. Let's patent the checkout system. I dedicated my my life to that process. The public I've, needed this. I made my billions and I'm going to focus on my passions. Right. What is your passions? Well, my treasure collection. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's, it is. It's, it's Musk going to space. It's James Cameron going to the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Wario's like what I truly always wanted right. to do is collect treasure. And I was a big fan of the Wario Land games yeah. as a child. And the big hook onto the Wario Game Land Boy, g- most of those on Game Boy? Yes, I was okay. playing them on Game Boy. The big hook to those games, which were largely treasure-based, yeah. was as opposed to the Mario games, the Mario platformers where you're running and jumping and the, the, the classic speed run, collect as many coins, sure. land on all the Koopas, get to the end as quickly as possible. Wario Land's big hook was you can never die. There are no lives. Mm-hmm. Right, Enemies aren't going to kill you. Wario isn't so much a being as a kind of spirit or a way of... Uh, He's an idea. Yeah. We are all Wario. My memory of, these, <laughs> memory of these games is that they were largely like, you're in a very large castle and you're just trying to find your way out. Mm-hmm. And the game's pretty fucking slow. It's sort of like childhood in that mm-hmm. way. A little bit. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, he's this mm-hmm. lonely man looking for treasures wherever right. he can find them. And people would say like, where's the conflict if you can't die? Where are the stakes? And I'm like... Just you, you're Look, just trying to get on the same wavelength. A, as I this mean, man. is it a is it a situation where maybe the palace is in his mind? Maybe Wario is on a ventilator Helps somewhere. A little, yeah, his grandchildren are by his side. It's a little that way to me. I'll say this, Griffin. Yeah, if you want conflict and stakes, you should be playing Bugs Bunny Crazy Castle. Yes, on absolutely, your Game Boy. absolutely, and that's what this game isn't. Collecting carrots, right? And and I think because it's. It's such a perspective flip on this game. You're now going to see the world through the eyes of Wario, who previously has just been a thorn in your side, an Mm -hmm. antagonist, a rival Mm -hmm. to Mario. And I think you very quickly realize, like, this guy isn't any supervillain. He's not Lex Luthor. He's not the Joker. He just kind of dislikes Mario. (laughs) He's a pretty well-balanced guy who perhaps is not super charismatic. He's no McConaughey, right? But, like, he's got his own passions. You give him space and time, he's just going to do his own things. He's not hurting anybody. Kind of a, a Falstaff type character. Yeah. 
I thought it was pretty incredible that they thought of the framing device of sort of presenting it through his conversations with his therapist. Right. Because <laughs> it helps you see him, even though he's doing all these evil acts and collecting so many scepters yes. and tiaras. Um, well, I mean, we talk about classic trash on this show. <laughs> yeah, of course, <laughs> tin can. Yeah. <laughs> Banana peel. Banana peel. Fish skeleton. Fish skeleton intact. in the head. Yeah, right. The flip side, classic treasure. Classic yeah. treasure Let's go around great. the horn, guys. Sure. What's your favorite classic treasure? Scepter we mentioned. Yeah. Tiara, of course. Yeah, those, I mean, those are, t- I, you know, I do love just a, just a classic pile of gold coins. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially if they're unmarked. Especially if there's no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no indicator as to what country Tr- they're flat from discs. or like how a, much like they're worth. dollar yeah. store. Hanukkah guilt. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I would throw in there, how about line drawing of a diamond? Yeah. Classic, Ooh, yes. iconic mm-hmm. diamond mm-hmm. drawing. Yeah. You know, I mean, this isn't quite what we're talking about, but I think it's lateral. The The Disney Robin Hood movie. Yeah. There's the scene where uh, uh, Prince uh, King Richard, King Richard, it's Prince John is the, yeah. the Peter Ustinov character who's taking over all King Richards away. And there's the scene where he's in his royal carriage and they go in and pretend, I think, to be like R- Romani fortune tellers mm-hmm. to get his trust. And then meanwhile, they're stealing all his jewels. And there's the bit where little John kisses his rings like out of deference. Yeah, sure. Oh, your majesty, right. I'm kissing the rings. And then turns around and smiles to the camera and the jewels have replaced the teeth. Yeah, it like sucked the rings Great out gag. of the jewels mm-hmm. out of the placements on the rings, and now he's just got these empty placements, and there's just a lineup of beautiful jewels. And I think about that a lot. I think about that a tremendous amount in my life. You probably remember it also from the Big Timers video where they did that. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes, Manny Fresh did that. Yes. I mean, I think people talk a lot about the Robin Hood movie. Yeah. That Robin Hood movie is being kind of a sexual awakening. Yes. Yeah. You know, I think the Robin Hood Fox has certain qualities yes. that... Mean Marion as well. It yeah. goes both ways. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I like that thick old chicken. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'd fuck the hell out of Baloo. <laughs> I mean, not to... Why get... is he in multiple Disney movies is different things? <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> couldn't afford Never tried to, to explain yeah. it. <laughs> they just put new outfits on Baloo like yeah. every other year. I mean, I don't know. You know, this might be getting too personal. I sure. mean, but, you know, is there something erotic you find about having a mouthful of jewels uh, there must be no no because it, it is yeah there has to be there's something about it but i think i do also just like removed from the rings mm-hmm. removed from their placements just this like it, it's sort of the, it's the bejeweled quality right. of the thing where yes. you're just like different fun shapes and bright shiny colors mm-hmm. the cavalcade of this thing but i do i think basically every moment of that movie is wedged into my brain in a bizarre way. And I do think it, it underlying has to all tie back to something sexual. <laughs> there, there's not an image in that movie that doesn't live in my head rent free. Right. And I can openly with confidence admit, yes, I I'm attracted to maid Marion in that movie. She is a beautiful Fox lady. Right. Those scenes, just as I can say, I'm attracted to Robin Hood when he dresses up as a blind beggar. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> it's something for everybody. So that, about the tapping. There's the disguise when he enters the archery contest and he has yeah. to pretend to be a stork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. he's on stilts and then he has like a paper cone beak. Yeah. I mean, you've done that with partners. A lot. Sure. Yeah. Stork, a lot. Stork play. Stork play. <laughs> that's your that's your entire uh, online dating profile. Yeah. It's just a drawing of that with a question I'm mark. on Storker. That's the app <laughs> I'm on, which is for other people whose sexuality was formed by the Robin Hood movie. You guys want to uh, check our Storker profiles and then uh, come back for a little bit more? Yeah. I'm going to go listen to 
King of the Road and Jack Off. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Thank you, first and foremost, to the members of Maximum Fun. You are our heroes who keep our lights on here in our home studios and, of course, over there at Max Fun HQ. Thank you for joining Maximum Fun. Thank you for letting Max Fun know that you listen to Jordan Jesse Go. Uh, so we get a cut of the dough that keeps our pets in kibble. That's what cats eat, right? Kibble? Yeah. I mean, I guess I call them crunchies. Okay. But yeah, I guess it is probably kibble. Huh. I guess I think of kibble as something you feed a dog, but yeah. I call crunchies, that's what I call tater chips. Mm. What would you call tater chips? I mean, I just call them the perfect side to any lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Language is fun, isn't it? It's fluid. Yeah. Well, it's certainly words. We're also supported this week by Raycon. Now, Jordan... Raycon is a manufacturer of what I like to call premium audio products. Now, perhaps you call them crunchies. <laughs> well, I can call them anything because language is fluid. <laughs> it's true. You're a descriptivist, not a proscriptivist when it yeah. comes to premium audio yeah. products. Yeah. yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. <laughs> they are reasonably priced headphones with lots of premium features. So, right now, shop early, skip the stress, snag some of the best deals of the season on something everyone will love. You know, the wireless earbuds and headphones have premium sound, useful features, a customizable, comfortable fit, and as much as 54 hours of battery life. Now, Jordan, it's hard to conceive of how long 54 hours is, but let's say you're listening to an album that's an hour long. You could listen to that over 50 times. Mm-hmm. Or so that's just an example. You could listen to as long as this podcast feels like <laughs> once, one time. Yeah, Raycons are awesome. I actually was wearing my Raycons just this afternoon, going on a run. They are great running earbuds. They stay in. They sound awesome. I really love them. And I think that if you got somebody in your life that loves tunes if they love the casts that's what i call podcasts because language is fluid i call them crunchies <laughs> sure you can i'm not gonna tell you not to i think raycons would be a great holiday gift and you can save 30 percent off by shopping raycons holiday bundles right now go to buyraycon.com slash jjgo and use code early bf to get 20 percent off site wide or save even bigger and get 30% off Raycon's exclusive holiday bundles. That's code EARLYBF at buyraycon.com slash JJGO for 20% off your Raycon purchase. Buyraycon.com slash JJGO. You know how I like to use my Raycons? Hmm. When I'm out for a hike. I'll tell you why. It's a great time to use them. I'm afraid of bears. Mm -hmm. And I know that if I'm trying to get away from a bear, he's chasing me. Mm-hmm. I can just drop my Raycons because he's not going to keep chasing me when he can pick up those sweet Raycons. Oh, yeah. Free pair of Raycons? Man. Hey, bears love them, and you will too. Hey, we've got another sponsor coming your way. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Jordan, we all wish that life came with a user manual. Uh, me too. I love life and I love manuals. 
I would never drive life in an automatic, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to grab onto that gear shift and give it a crank. There's times in all of our lives where we're not sure what to do, how to handle ourselves, because, you know, we only go through life once and we, we only have the experiences of what we've done before. So sometimes something new comes up and you just aren't sure what to do. I know that for me, I have gained a lot from having a therapist who knows about healthy ways to deal with challenges. And when I face a challenge that I haven't dealt with in the past, my therapist can help. There are a lot of different ways to get therapy. One relatively affordable and very convenient way to get therapy is BetterHelp. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with the therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash JJGo. That's betterhelp.com slash JJGo. Jordan, I have one more thing to mention here in our segment. Ooh, one more thing? The holiday season is approaching fast. You might be looking for a special gift for a special someone. And already last year, you got them the really good kind of vibrator, the one with the suction on it. So why not consider getting a gift for them from the Put This On Shop? That's all I'm saying. Look, we got jewels. We got sport coats, hats, just launch a bunch of hats. And of course, we have Gremlins 2 trading cards. So if you're trying to get a gift for literally something for everyone, if you're trying to get a gift, whether it's for an elegant lady in your life, a fancy gentleman, a home decor enthusiast, or just Dan McCoy from the Flophouse, mm -hmm. we have a gift for you. I put this on shop.com. So go there. Think about getting a gift there and uh, use the code JJGO and most of the stuff in the store will ship to you for free in the United States. So go check out put this on shop.com or, or follow us on Instagram, put.this.on. You'll find something you like, Jordan. On that Instagram, I post flea hauls. You know about flea hauls, right? Uh, no, but I can't wait to learn about them. That's when you sleep on a mattress that you found in an alley with a bunch of cats <laughs> right. right there. And then you... Uh, oh, I know about you know. those. I know about those. Okay. Anyway, put this on shop.com. Okay. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Uh, Griffin Newman, voice of Pip, Disenchanted, premiering November 18th. Great. Nailed it. Thanks for that. Whew. Very good plug. Wow. I just got a call from Walt Disney's Wait, ghost. What? <laughs> he said, great job, Griffin. The perfect plug? Yeah. It's finally happened? I'll fillet you later like in Ghostbusters. The one true. Oh, God. That's all you want is a good. <laughs> Did you know that ghost that fillets Dan Aykroyd? In is Walt that, Disney? That's Walt Disney. Wow. I, I was really disappointed they didn't Easter bring him egg. back for Afterlife 2. Yeah. They talk so much about the Easter eggs and bring it back to the fans and whatever. And it's like mm -hmm. everyone's character... Favorite character in Ghostbusters lore is the blowjob ghost. Yeah. Do you know the the backstory of that sequence? No. Uh, Dan Aykroyd really got a blowjob from a ghost? That was my <laughs> assumption. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. He, he thinks he has. Yeah. <laughs> Whether he has or not, he thinks it. 
so there's it, that's part of the montage. The business is booming montage where mm-hmm. they play the Ghostbusters song for the first time. You see the spinning magazine covers. You see them busting ghosts going on the news, whatever. Right. In the middle of that montage, it cuts to them all sleeping in the firehouse. Mm-hmm. The song stops. It does like doo 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 Wayne's World dream sequence. And then it cuts to him in a different bed. I don't know if you guys remember this, wearing like a military jacket, like a captain's jacket with epaulets on it. And then this ghost comes above his head. He's like, what? Starts giving a blowjob, eyes crossed, back to real world, back into montage, Ray Parker Jr.'s back. Yeah. And you're like, what is this sideways cut? Why is this happening in the middle of a montage about the business exploding? Why is he wearing the captain's jacket? What is all this? There was a whole sequence they shot where they like went to a haunted house to try to find the ghosts and they like find all this man's old military garb and they're like putting it on and doing bits and then he takes a nap in a bed and this ghost blows him <laughs> and Reitman was like this sequence is gone this this is but te- wait we can't lose Truly. the blow they're like this is too funny that's what's wild is they were like this is 10 minutes of fat we gotta cut from the movie right. and I think Aykroyd like fucking Mr. Smith going to Washington right this really happened to me we have to acknowledge the sexual <laughs> contact of ghosts you know and it's like fuck we'll cut laterally right. in Montana Oh my god! Dream sequence of it happening. Yeah, and then later he actually expanded that sequence into the movie Nothing But Trouble. Yes, <laughs> he said, "I, you know, who I would love to have suck my dick, Tupac Shakur from Digital Underground." Well, it's also, he learned his lesson. You think it's the ultimate fantasy, but in reality, getting a ghost blowjob is nothing but trouble. Yeah, <laughs> nothing good comes of it. You know, yeah. after you finish a bottle of Crystal Head vodka, yes. You can get blown by the head. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, smooth. No hangover crystal. Yeah. (laughs) I hate it when you get a hangover from a blowjob. (laughs) I got a blowjob from a ghost once. Mm. Okay, go on. I'm going to be honest. I kind of got in my feelings about it. Yeah. How so? Well, I just sometimes just for me, Mm -hmm. somebody who doesn't have experience with a lot of partners, Mm. it just the... Physical and emotional intimacy can get mixed up for me. So you think for oh, the ghost, it was more of a casual thing. So well, you're saying you're in your feelings like you have not been able to get over this. This has stayed with you. Well, this this was a first date. Oh wow! So we went out to dinner. My yeah. the ghost and myself. Yeah. Was the date in hell? No, it was on the earthly plane. Okay. Yeah. What was it? So dinner, you made the, dinner you made the ghosts come to you. That's we went to Lucerne. But... Oh wow. Mm. Yeah, well, because I the ghost was really cute on the app, and okay. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm really like, no, the, I'm just surprised you were, were able a, to get a table at Le Cirque, But go on, your wife, yes, of course. My wife right. and I were on a break. Yeah, uh-huh. at the time. <laughs> yeah, was waiting to hear how she figured into this. Yeah. yeah. So, and I had a hall pass for ghosts <laughs> for the dead. <laughs> yeah, you have a hall pass as long as they have no corporeal form. Yeah. Well, no. Listen, anything sometimes you're in a monster mash. As well. Oh, okay. So just, so just Frankenstein, spookies, creepy crawlies, yeah, no, vampires, any, anything dead, anything dead. The un, the it's because she knew I was a corpse fucker. And gotcha. So anyway, got to carve that out. Yeah. I took the ghost on an incredible date to Le Cirque. You know, the food maybe isn't as good as it once was, mm-hmm. but it's still pretty incredible mm-hmm. dining. I mean, you're like, oh, is that Alec Baldwin? Is that Al Sharpton? Sure. You know what I mean? Is that, is that Graydon Carter, the mm-hmm. editor of Vanity Fair? And they're all kind of seeing you, right? Because here you are on this date with this gorgeous ghost. Right. They're all probably, what What did he do to pull that? They're right. kind of giving, I mean, here they are with their hot dates and they're right. going. <laughs> Graydon Carter's uh, there with the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. How did esteemed podcaster Jesse Thorne pull that ghost? Yeah. Yeah. Kurt Anderson's there with him. He's like, I'll explain. <laughs> 
So it was an incredible day. Mm. It was just immediate. I felt like we really clicked. Yeah. We went back to my spooky mansion. Mm. Um, I, where I, I had Airbnb. Yeah. I don't live in New York. Put on a captain's jacket, I assume. Put on a captain's jacket. <laughs> well, I found a dead man's military garb. You so must. I put that on the medals and yeah. all that. I just love medals. Yes. Anyway, ghosts suck me off. Mm. I wake up the next morning. The ghost isn't there. Texting the ghost, like, I had so much fun. Maybe we should go to the tavern on the green sometime. Remember from Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> ha ha. <laughs> I'd love to see you again. You know, that kind of thing. Right. You text pictures of Christina reaching Casper and say, this could be us. <laughs> I'm kind of like, you know, I mean, it's, honestly, it's kind of even hard for me to say this on the show. But you just went off to a different place. Yeah. yeah. I think I was actually in love wow and I, i've never heard you say that before yeah and i'm like i'm calling and fucking ghosted me <laughs> sorry you get two slow claps sorry i no just want to make sure you, you i wasted 45 minutes of the show i, I just want to make sure you did set your speedometer before you started that bit right because <laughs> it'd be a shame if you didn't clock those steps <laughs> On the world's yeah. longest walk. <laughs> I kind of fluctuated between hoping you did it and yeah. hoping you didn't do I, it. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I was yes. like, well, is this? Eh, all right. And that's the aristocrat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, audience, did you like it? Let us know in the comments. We all loved it. Maybe we, we should it. Maybe we should replay that. They're such nasty fucking freaks for, <laughs> <laughs> for long bits. It's going to be merch. It's going to be on TV. Yeah. Yes. Something you should know about our listeners. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is true of Blank Check listeners, sure. but our listeners are a bunch of nasty fucking freaks. Oh, same. Yeah. Big, big same. They love yes. long, thick bits. <laughs> they love the long. Yeah. Oh, give me that thick Bit, daddy, they say. Harry, slimy bits. Oh. <laughs> slimy. Do it to me slow. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Yeah. You know that song? The Here's the thing. That's Alex Baldwin's podcast. Tread lightly there, by yeah. the way. Don't, don't start stealing okay. his segments. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Did you know that his dream was to be a classical music announcer? Baldwin? Yeah, that's what he wanted to do, not be an actor. I will say, listening to hear the Here's the Thing. Yeah that lines up pretty perfectly. Because he's so bad at interviewing. <laughs> and also the tone of that show is absolutely like, I more than anything want to be the person who introduces you to the highest of art. He's like, let me say words and hear them in my can. He seems embarrassed on that show when he has anyone who is too famous by conventional metrics. Uh-huh. You might not have heard of this person. No. Would you believe they're the finest violinist Look, in America? I'm not going to say... Which friend of mine was the executive in charge of that program? Mm. But I'll say that that friend told me it was challenging to produce. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they shouldn't have agreed and said yes when Alec Baldwin called them. Yeah. So anyway, you know the factory song from uh, Looney Tunes? Bah, 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 of course. Bah, bah. It's called Powerhouse. One of my favorite songs of all time. I'd, I'd say well, truly a top five jam. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not even joking. Yeah. yeah. I've got great fucking news for you, oh, buddy. Oh, boy. Because a lot of people think that that's an instrumental. A lot of people think that is exclusively an instrumental tune. Now, uh -huh. some people have seen this one show that's not Tiny Toon Adventures. 
is a different show about baby versions of the Looney Tunes gang. Baby they, Looney Tunes. Where they sing a shitty version of that. They sing shitty lyrics Griffin. that no one likes. It's to not, this fucking it's not song. that bad. It made, it's, it's total some, fucking I don't, I bullshit. I don't know why it Who makes Who wants to look at some it's baby fine. fucking porky pigs singing cute. shitty fucking Paw Patrol ass lyrics? It's cute. I, I'm tempted. I mean, I'd sound, I'm intrigued. No. Griffin is not don't that even. bad. Griffin is not that it's bad. It's not worth it. Because you're just it's just going to make you mad. You're going to be mad for months. Okay, it's just gonna seep this into a, your podcast. Oh boy, Jesse, is this a deal where you auditioned for Porky and didn't get it for a little baby Porky? Oh boy. Well, that's all, folks. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's why you didn't get <laughs> it. You don't you sound anything it. like him. Well, maybe you can I have, have a, a fresh take. take. You can have a take, maybe but it I have has a fresh to be take. Rec- okay. Griffin's a voice actor. He True. knows you have to come in with a fresh take. Otherwise, yeah. you can't just try and be Casey Kasem. You know what? It is weird though with voice acting because it, it it almost feels like it's a 50-50 split. Look, original shows are their own thing, right? Yeah. So often we're in this this content regurgitation game. Right. right. Well, sometimes you're on Dicktown yes. on FX on Hulu. It's an original character. It's an original character. Yes. You're playing a parody of Tan Tan, the famous. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was not that. I was uh, uh, Lance. Ah. So I was a I was a creepy kid who hires them because he thinks there's a, a ghost in his house. And it turns out it's David Rees fucking his mom. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the, mo- the moans. So, yeah. then, <laughs> so sometimes it's a fresh and original show. I wish I was Tantan. That's a good character. A great show. They wanted a real Frenchman, I think, for that. Or what, mm-hmm. I A know. Belgian. Yeah, I don't remember who they cast. But yes, that's the original show. But then, like, uh, I'm on the uh, Masters of the Universe cartoon where I play Orko, who's been played before. Mm-hmm. Disenchanted, my character's in the first movie played by two different people. We can get into that if we want to. But it, it, you do get into this thing sometimes where... Half the time they're like voice match. We are looking right. for a seamless continuity with whatever was before. We want you to exactly recreate the voice that Carrie Kenny Silver's dad did exactly. on the original Masters of the Universe because he is one of those golden-throated legendary voice yes. actors. Fucking Carrie Kenny from the state. Yes. Holy shit. Okay, and Orko go ahead. was Lou Scheimer, who was the creator of Filmation. But right. yes, uh, point no, stands. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, very cool. It's a very cool thing. But and Filmation um, is actually a combination of the words film and animation. Oh, it's very clever. And I've watched a video that takes them 45 minutes to explain that. <laughs> um, no, Lou Scheimer was, Filmation's whole thing at the time was that they, they produced animation cheaper than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. <laughs> they did like some. No, that, He-Man was cheap? Yep. How'd they get the shine what? on it that that thing has? I mean, I guess it was, I guess it's in the casting. How did they make them move so robotically? <laughs> I know. Well, because it was a lot of reused animation, a lot of rotoscoping over live action footage of right. old like public domain B-reels of bodybuilders and oh shit. Oh my gosh. And he also did, well, tying things back, he did the other Ghostbusters cartoon, Filmation's Ghostbusters. Uh, yes. But one of the ways he saved money was that there's sort of the rule in animation of, like, if you have over a certain number of voice actors in your cast, the budget goes up. Mm -hmm. You can keep it under a certain number if you only have, like, three or four actors. And likewise, you can only have each of those actors do three voices before you then need to pay them double for a fourth-plus character. They have to have a 15-minute smoke break every hour. Yeah. So they would have, like, three or four people who each did three voices— and then every other voice on the show was done by Lou Scheimer and his daughter using pseudonyms hmm. because they wouldn't have to pay themselves. And so his daughter played like almost every female character oh and gosh. he played every kind of like ancillary character. Orca was his biggest one. That's but, what I do on Jordan Jesse Go. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Jordan is my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> I should explain. And I do not get paid. <laughs> I am not paid. But it is that thing where, like, that was one where they were sort of like, we're open to interpretation. And right. I was like, I'd like to get close to it. I don't feel like I need to do an exact impression, but I think Orko is a specific enough thing that you need to be in the zone. Years ago, I auditioned for what ended up being Scoob. Mm-hmm. Oh. The sort of recent HBO yeah, Max yeah. Scooby-Doo reboot. And that was in the works for a long time. Just the idea of doing, we're doing a new CGI Scooby-Doo movie to set up the Hanna-Barbera universe. And I auditioned for that, and the sides were like, do not feel beholden to the Scooby-Doo voice. We are looking for a fresh new take. Mm-hmm. It was the opposite where they were like, you need to throw out the map. Wow. This is brand new. And then you look at the sides and it's like, rut row raggy, we're in rubble. (laughs) (laughs) And I sat there and I worked on it for hours and I was like, there is no way to play Scooby-Doo and not sound like (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Right. And (laughs) you just get to this thing. I can do it. I just did it. Man, you're like, do you want me to rewrite the dialogue? Yeah. <laughs> right. Or do you want me to do this in a different affectation or whatever? But it's like very hard to do. What if the R's were D's? Dut dough. And in the end, they just cast McConaughey. <laughs> this is the wild thing. They were like, we're shaking it. We want to get like a young comedian to play Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. Right. I think Pete Davidson was their like top of the list. Right. We want a Scooby-Doo who fucks everyone. <laughs> yeah. This Scooby-Doo is a horned dog. Yeah. You're not going to believe this Scooby-Doo's crank. <laughs> <laughs> Songs have talk been about, about a lipstick it. too, <laughs> but but that was the thing, right? There's and then, a roll-on deodorant at the smallest. They end up just as they should. I think this was absolutely the right decision. Hiring Frank Welker, who has played Scooby Doo yes. in every single thing for the last thirty years. Yeah, and it was like this whole process of like we got to. Ch- there has to be a new Scoob. This has to be a fresh start. And then they come back around and they're like, "There's one guy who can play Scooby Doo, and we're gonna have him do the exact same thing." Which makes sense because I'm sure all the tapes they listened to sounded like me, which is a guy half doing a bad Scooby Doo impression without committing to it because he was told they want something different and part Australian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I auditioned for Marmaduke once. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, did you know that you're one of two people who used my mics to audition for Marmaduke? Oh, I didn't know that. Al That's Madrigal cool. stopped oh, nice. by my house one time and was like, oh, can I can I record a Marmaduke audition real quick? <laughs> Do you guys know who ended up playing Marmaduke in the recent Netflix movie? Oh, so I think in the one I auditioned for it was Owen Wilson. That was it. the live action one. They said, get us a Jordan ago. Morris type. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they came up with Owen Wilson. Yes. Mm-hmm. He also has this shirt. And also has a, a, a big hanger. The uh, recent Netflix animated reboot, the Scoob equivalent in the Marmaduke uh-huh. universe, mm-hmm. voiced by Pete Davidson. They fucking wow, got him. Wow, finally. Davidson. What Scooby finally. couldn't do. Mm. Marma, Marma could. Marma could. Can I, can I dude. shamelessly <laughs> use this to transition to a, a, a disenchanted talking point? Yeah. yeah, at some point we should get back to the thing we're doing on this segment, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, go ahead. No, but it's online with no, this. No, the audience, these nasty freaks love a long bit. <laughs> they love yeah. the less they, they talk about the thing Just ostensibly they're there to talk bit about. Bit queens out mm-hmm. there. <laughs> no, there's this thing of blank check. Horny ass we, bit queens. On blank check, we're, we're fucking, we're, we're tangent mongers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Your show is four hours it's long. It's four hours long, and part of that is... This battle between our listeners where I think you have the people who go, I like it when they discuss every aspect of the movie in depth. Mm -hmm. I want to hear every plot point, every detail, every cast and crew member, every bit of context around the production, the development, the release, 
all of that needs to be thoroughly turned over, right? And then you have the people who are like, I like when they don't talk about the thing they're supposed to talk about and spend 15 minutes talking about Warrior or Pete Davidson's hog or yeah. whatever. We have we have the exact same situation, yes. only both is about Wario. So some people right. want us to just talk about Wario. Others want us to only focus on Wario. And then there's the overlap of the Venn diagram, which are the true dang-ass freaks who mm-hmm. go, what I want is both and every episode should be five hours long. Right. And if you're not giving me both things in equal measure, I'm mm-hmm. disappointed. Back to back it, baby, they're saying. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I was going to say, about Disenchanted, because it's it was a peculiar situation, an interesting challenge. The first movie, for those who have not seen the first film, it's it's sort of fish out of water, Disney princess parody, where you start out in the fictional kingdom of Andalasia and it's hand-drawn, musical. She's a beautiful princess with a bunch of little woodland critters as her friend. Mm-hmm. And the evil queen tricks her, falls down a well. She wakes up in New York City. And now she's flesh and blood, Amy Adams in New York City. And the whole movie's fish out of water comedy. What if a real Disney princess with all the archetypes that follow fell into a, a cold, harsh, rude New York City, right? Nah. And uh, there's this character, Pip, who's in the opening section as her sort of little chipmunk friend who's got the high-pitched New York kind of accent. And he's got like three or four lines only in this setup part. And then when she falls through the well, he follows her. And the bit is, oh, in the real world, in New York City, he is bound by the rules of reality. He cannot talk. So for the rest of the movie, the chipmunk's in it, but he has to like pantomime. The bit is that he's trying to warn her of danger. He's trying to warn everyone of danger and he can't speak. I mean, speaking of shit that is like so on the nose, so exactly what kids want is a chipmunk doing charades. Mm -hmm. Perfectly field tested, market tested, focus grouped. For most of the movie then, he's he's doing what the kids love, Mm -hmm. TikTok act outs, right? (laughs) And but but it does create this. And he's letting you know how you know if you have ADHD. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, basically. Right. And and pointing at the text above his head. Uh Yeah. You have too many drinks. Anyway. So you have this thing where the performance is bifurcated. It was two different voice actors 15 years ago. Uh Uh-huh. Jeff Bennett, who's like one of the great voice actors, a modern day uh, Carrie Kenny Silver's dad, Mm -hmm. who's the voice of Johnny Bravo and a million other things. It's like incredible. Cool. He does the voice at the beginning of the film. And I think it was him basic. I mean, this was me trying to reverse engineer it, doing like New Jersey tough guy. And then they sped it up and and chipmunked it, ran it through Alvin filters. But he was doing a kind of like tough guy voice that he's done in a lot of other things. And then Kevin Lima... He actually played of, Joe Pesci in uh, My Cousin Vinny. Well, basically, it's like he was doing a deeper register tough guy, and then they ran it through the Pesci filters. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Can we get uh, 10% more Pesci on yeah. this? Can you uh, that? Hit the Pesh button. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can we go to Pesh mode? Yeah, I was about to <laughs> say that exact same thing. Had to be said. I'm sorry for running in front of you, pushing you out of the way. God bless you for it. Stealing the bit. And then Kevin Lima, who was the director of the first movie, did all the squeaking stuff, which is the majority of his dialogue, Mm -hmm. but it's nonverbal. Right. And that weirdly is a thing that kids imitate on TikTok. I found this out of forgetting the the part. They do the squeaking because there's a scene where he's a Katz's delicatessen Mm -hmm. and he's trying to warn James Marsden and he's basically like acting out the whole plot of the movie and he's playing all the different characters and he goes and he does all these little hand gestures and stuff. So that's the part that's like 
for the kids who grew up with the movie seared into their brain, mm-hmm. it seems like most people don't remember that the character even talks at all. Right. Because it's only the beginning and then the squeaking stuff kind of sticks. Right. I mean, that's the Robin Hood dressed yeah. as a blind beggar. Right. Situation. The hottest, the hottest yeah. part of the movie. Yeah. So the, the premise of this movie, this, the sequel for Enchanted now, is kind of this like inverse of the first movie where it's 15 years later. Where Joe Pesci has to go to a fantasy world. <laughs> What's this? He falls Why down. Why can't I get a cannoli in this castle? I w- they, they offered every role to Pesci. <laughs> there was a point in time where they thought like rich little holiday special. <laughs> Can it just be Pesci putting on different wigs? Like they, they wrote in an entire scene where the fucking squirrel sings That's Amore? Yeah. <laughs> he was going to do a full album. He right. was going to do Little Joey Sure Can Sing. Yeah. yeah. Um, they, he uh, smashes a dwarf's hand because he caught him <laughs> cheating at poker. <laughs> it was a harder edge version of the film. Like yeah. It went through different developmental stages. Sure. But this one, she stayed in New York for the last 15 years. And so she's pretty much sort of gotten conditioned to the real world. So she's, she's now walking there. She's she's, she's walking, walking there. there. She's lightly, politely tapping the hoods of taxi cabs right. because, excuse me, I was in fact walking here. Because mm-hmm. she's still a gentlewoman. Right. And they have a baby. They're running out of room in New York City. Her and her husband, Patrick Dempsey, decide to move to the suburbs. to oh, commute. Wow. He's going to commute into work. She's now in a small town. And she's she's starting to hit some sort of maybe midlife crisis. Yeah, there might be darkness behind the white picket fences. PTA board, the other moms don't like her. Mm-hmm. Her daughter now the PTA is— PTA board is the Paul Thomas Anderson board who <laughs> yeah. revealed that well, there is something darker hey, behind right. the white picket excuse fences. Excuse me. Excuse me. You don't even know the joke you're setting up here. The head of the PTA board, the head mean mom in the film, is played by none other than <gasps> Maya Rudolph. Oh, my gosh. She's the wife of Paul Thomas Anderson. The true head of the PTA board. Mm. Wow. And her mother is Minnie Ripperton. It all The late Minnie Ripperton. May she rest in peace. So she's like, yeah, getting kind of bummed out on life. And in, in this magic world, there is the magic MacGuffin of a literal wishing wand, which she uses to wish that the world was more enchanted again. So this movie, rather than... Her going back to the enchanted world or more things from that world coming over to our real world, the real world starts to become Disneyfied. Great bit. It's a good bit. It's a good bit. And everything starts to become Disneyfied and heightened. So my character gets his voice back now in this world once again. And now he's talking the whole movie. They can't shut this guy up. Can I now, Griffin? Yeah. This is something that I hate to do on this show. We've had... Mike Judge on this show. We've had Mel Blanc on this show. Of course. We had, of course, <laughs> Carrie Kenny Silverstad. Of course. We have had Seth MacFarlane, and he only wants to sing. Yeah. <laughs> Won't well, chat at well, all. music is better than words. Yeah, what, of course. I, what I'm wondering is, would it be too much for you to give us a few bars of That's Amore? Of That's Amore, yeah. Okay. <laughs> when the moon hits your eye like wow. a big pizza pie, that's amore. Yeah, he did it, folks. He put on a little squirrel hat, too. I put on, he made I a choice. He's Pip, a professional actor, friends. here in the studio with us. Yeah. Pip, wow. He was ready Pip. for it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember that? So Anyway, people wrote a bunch of lyrics to that song. Yeah, and, yeah uh, let's gonna, hear one of the fucking him. songs, the, the lyric songs, you know? Okay, great. Hi, this is Hunter in Seattle with a quick powerhouse, if you're still doing those. Here we go. Time to chat about mitochondria. Tip your hat. To mitochondria, because we know that the mitochondrias, the powerhouse of the cell. Thanks, and have a good show. Okay, yeah. so the bit is you right. have to write your own lyrics. So here's the yeah. thing. Okay. 
Maybe Hunter didn't get the fucking memo. The lyrics are supposed to be about Rick Moranis. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. <laughs> so, oh, they, this was not teed up for me at all. Okay. So you're... This is a very chonky bit, Griffin. Sure. This is a very this chonky bit. This is a long, bit. nasty... The audience loves this kind of nasty oh, shit. Yeah, These no, people are freaks. Dang ass freaks. I'm just trying to track this. So you you are morally outraged that they have added lyrics to... Powerhouse is the name of the song? Powerhouse is the name of the song. Right. The, in Baby Looney Tunes. They, yeah, you they say, did a shitty job. It's right. You're fine. so offended that cute. they did it. If you're going to do it, you should do it well. Let's yeah. solicit our audience to add their own better lyrics, but the lyrics also need to be about Rick Moran. Well, it just so happens that early on in the process, we <laughs> found that a lot of the lyrics our listeners were suggesting were about Rick Moranis. Of course, Rick okay. Moranis, one of our greatest comic yeah. character actors. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever seen his George Carlin. It's amazing. Yes. Uh, one Cri of the funniest things. One of those underrated impressionists, because he falls <laughs> so cleanly into the, the cute nerd, nerd right, yeah. kind dad sort of stuff in his movie career. People don't realize you watch SCTV and you're like, this guy could do everyone. Yeah, <laughs> gifted impressionist. Yeah. And I think just like celebrating this multinational treasure. Yes. You know what I mean? This is a guy who is a treasure across national borders. Yes. From Toronto to, I'm going to say, upstate New York. Both parts of North now, America. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Incredible guy, Rick Moranis. And this is just about fucking science, uh -huh. which is bullshit. We don't care. We don't believe in. I don't. I have nothing but contempt for it. Okay. It's not just that I don't believe in it. Sure. I'm content. Should it you exist? Hate, Jesse, I hate it. You hate eggheads and poindexters. Mm. God, these fucking four-eyed freaks. That's the thing. Yeah. Which do you hate more, science or its fans? Mm. Yeah, that's a really good right, point. Right. And I mean, what about this? A lot of fans are probably invented by scientists. Oh, that's true. Because they know about electricity and shit. Mm. And how to make something oscillate. Yeah. yeah. So Fucking he, poindexters. The point of the story is that uh, Hunter is banned from this show okay. forever. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Lifetime ban. Lifetime ban. Too much fucking cells and high school chemistry. Yeah, hey, Look, I went why to don't art you go, school. Why don't you go yeah. kiss a protractor? <laughs> I'm not a nerd. I'm artsy. Yeah. Mm, compass. Mm, I didn't graduated write, I didn't cylinder. Write an essay. I had a I had a portfolio when I was applying. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much. You. Good. Okay. Good. This guy gets it. I had to send in slides. What is this guy? This One of these guys no Dorcas. Nasty fucking this guy's some fucking nasty mm -hmm. beaker freak. <laughs> this fucking Olimeyer <laughs> flask. My little fucker. wiener got caught in a beaker, mommy. <laughs> the neck is too thin. Oh, I got this microscope so I could see my dick. <laughs> <laughs> the Bunsen burner burned my little balls. Uh, I think I can say this about him. I've met Hunter several times in real life. He's a lovely man. I'm sure. Really but wonderful man. Too bad he's banned. Yeah. yeah, it's a shame. Well, I just I hate to ban someone so lovely. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do, okay? He fucked around. He found out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what can you say, Hunter? It's on you. Uh, Daniel, we got another song in there? Jordan Jessico, a podcast. Jordan Jessico, a podcast. Jordan Jessico is a podcast. It has no particular premise. These two guys are chatting with a guest. All they do is say words. Jordan Jessico is a podcast. Fifteen years that we content. It's a thousand hours of nonsense. All they do is say words. Wario sauce, Wario sauce, Wario sauce. Base without drink. Gotta get us up. Gotta get us up. That means to please Goggins like a garabuffle short. Jordan Jessica was a podcast. 15 years of comedy genius. Here's the secret key to the success. All they do is say words. Yeah. 
I mean, again, not about Rick Moranis. It's not about uh, Rick Moranis. We are the Moranis of podcasting. I think a lot of people would say. Sure, I gotta say, all they do is say words is a pretty scathing indictment of podcasting as a medium. <laughs> the, the first time that was uttered, I, 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 yeah. I, I lost my breath for a moment. Yeah, it really did feel like a, a shot across the bow. It, it puts it on perspective. Just mm-hmm. say, yeah, that's all. Just saying words. Yeah, fuck. All saying they do words is say for... words. I mean, it's not just Carlin that Moranis does. Like right. a lot of people, honestly, a lot of people think Moranis is just like the guy from Ghostbusters or the guy from Honey, I Shrunk the yes. Kids. An incredible career. Yeah. A hilarious Jewish-themed comedy country album. Right. Great work there on that on that record. My Bubby's Brisket, I think. Yeah, is that that's, that's absolutely yeah. correct. <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely correct. This guy is a delight across all forms of media yeah. and a single dad who are the real heroes. Right. And, and, and stepped away from a bustling show business career and mm-hmm. said, I don't need any more. No. Nope. I'm satisfied. I want to spend time with my family. I know it's important. Right. Exactly. So uh, this guy that just called in is also, also banned. Band. Yeah. Band. Yeah. Lifetime yeah. band. Sorry, <laughs> lifetime band for you. And if you send in one that we haven't played, shadow ban. Yeah. <laughs> you're also you're also all eight bucks a month if you want a blue check yeah <laughs> we won't ban you but we won't acknowledge you right yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's the mods decision it's not our decision it's the mods the mods, yeah. the mods sometimes the rockers so once in a while the rockers <laughs> the only safe thing to bring to us is dr martin's you're wearing dr <laughs> mm-hmm. martin's the mods and the rockers will agree on that yeah and it's going to be fine. I do wish the mods started to carry themselves a little more like mod rockers. They put a little more <laughs> energy a, into a it. A few more mirrors on their Lambrettas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All riding around on Vespas. Uh, JJ, go at MaximumFun.org if you have a song about Rick Moranis or if you are Rick Moranis. I mean, Rick is probably listening right now. Mm-hmm. Certainly Dave Thomas is listening. No doubt about that. No question. But probably... Rick Moranis is listening. So 206-984-4-FUN or JJGO at MaximumFun.org. And, you know, I'm also, I'm calling upon our audience to assemble a symphony orchestra. Like, that- You can do it. Stop whining. You can do it. Mm -hmm. Look, if Brian Wilson can do it with his mental health challenges- right. Like, you can do it. Okay? I'm in bed for like I'm three so years. busy. I'm yeah. too busy. I can't assemble a symphony. No, you're not. No, you're yeah. not. Get, get you're Van Dyke. to this shit. You're not busy. Van Dyke Parks, you're listening right now. Yeah. Write those lyrics. Lay down the tracks. Let's do this. You know what? Mike Love, if you're listening right now, I'll take it. Yeah, you you know, know what I mean? And, and you know what? He could use the positive publicity at this a point. Lot of people, yeah. A lot of people think Mike Love was the problem in the Beach Boys, that he sort of like broke up the Beach Boys or he was the bad news in the Beach Boys. Prove us otherwise. Playing Put together. for the Trump. Yeah. So yeah. I think, you know, we're going to learn a lot about Mike Love yeah. as to whether he sends in yes. <laughs> a song about Rick Moranis to the tune of Powerhouse. This is the final cast of the die. Mike Mike Love, you get the final say on the matter. Mm-hmm. Are you worth our respect? You can go down as the best beach boy. There's still time. It's yours. It's There's still your time. Wherever you're listening to this, Aruba. Jamaica. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Hi, I'm Jackie Cation. Hello, I'm Lori Kilmerton. We do a podcast called The Jackie and Lori Show, and you could listen to it anytime you want it because there's hundreds of episodes. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing comedy forever, and we should both quit. So why don't you listen up <laughs> before we leave this not only terrible business, but this awful world. And find out why we can't. 
because we love it so. <laughs> Jackie and Lori Show, every week here on MaximumFun.org. La, 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 la. Hi, it's Jesse Thorne, the founder of Maximum Fun. I am breaking into this programming to say thank you to Max Fund's members. Your purchases in this year's post-Max Fund Drive patch sale raised over $50,000 for Trans Lifeline. Maybe you already know about the good work that Trans Lifeline does. If you don't, they're a trans-run organization that offers direct emotional and financial support to trans people in crisis. If you want to learn more about the work Trans Lifeline does or support them further, go to translifeline.org. Thanks for supporting Maximum Fun. Thanks for supporting Trans Lifeline. And thanks for being awesome people who want to do good in the world. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morse, Boy Detective. Uh, Griffin Newman, Disenchanted, playing only on Disney Plus uh, November 18th. But. If you want to see it in theaters, you can bring your device to a movie theater and watch it there. That's a great idea. Right? This is a novel idea. This is what Martin Scorsese would do. I just landed on this. (laughs) Because, you know, it is, I love the theatrical experience. I know some people like the convenience, sitting on your couch. But you're like, I got to pour my milk duds into my popcorn. Yes. Get a quick hand job. Yes. This is my thing. Right? Cut out a little hole in the bottom of the popcorn milk duds bucket. But... It, you know, it's a, a little disappointment. This film doesn't the get to play in of theaters. The duds on the shaft. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. yeah. A, a dud rubbing across a ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but I do think this is the hack. If you're someone who wishes you could have the theatrical experience with Disenchanted, right. you could bring any of your Buy devices. Buy a ticket to Black Adam. Buy a ticket to Black Adam. Because it needs the support. It does. We want to support that. It, I mean, look, these... We are, need more of that. We gotta see him fight Shazam in two movies. These are C-list DC heroes. They didn't even want to let The Rock make this movie. Right. We need to show them that there's an audience for characters that no one cares about. <laughs> Somebody needs to stand up also yeah. for The Rock. Yes. Thank you. The yes. guy needs our support. So many people have been... His tequila is so much worse than Brian Cranston's tequila. Yeah. And and by the way, this guy cannot get any press. I would go as far as to say, when it comes to The Rock, the papers won't cover him. <laughs> <laughs> the aristocrat. Short walk. Short walk. Um, Do you have but, that in the chamber? No, it just hit me. That's great. It truly just hit me, and I was like, fuck, am I going to be the first one to make this joke? It just hit you like a rock to a parasitic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's you can either watch Disney Plus, the comfort of your own home. Sorry, November guys, we 18th. don't usually do satire. <laughs> no, this is cutting. This yeah. is like, yeah, this is edgy shit. This cuts actually, like scissors writing, to paper. We're all writing Daily Show packages. <laughs> we <don't. laughs> yeah. We're just trying out. We're some trying of to get more material. topical. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or yeah, take it to a theater. Take it to a, a theater. theater. Take your phone to a theater. Screencast it to the screen. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> a lot just of, put headphones in. Crank up the brightness. Yeah. A lot. Of, a lot of theaters these days have Roku sticks. Yes, absolutely. Right. So that's my favorite. Sometimes when I go to and see just a make movie, make sure hide your text so they don't pop right. on the screen and yeah. you know interrupt. The I favorite thing sometimes when I go to see a movie at a blockbuster. Uh, uh, a blockbuster yeah. film at a. So I go at, see. Yeah. I go to the blockbuster. They got the TV in the corner playing <laughs> Fat Beach. Yeah. I go to Hollywood Video and I just stand there for two hours. Yeah. And until the thing's mm. finished. Like, oh, yeah, who needs to rent anything? I go see some blockbuster at a multiplex, mm-hmm. and after the trailers, you just see a fucking Windows XP yeah. landing page, <laughs> and someone has to like 
click the yeah. start click on button, movie. <laughs> play movie. Yeah. You're really just running this off a laptop? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's all it takes these days. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you let me put it this way. You can't run it on Windows ME. You can't. You got to have XP. You got to. Sometimes I sit there after the trailers and just watch someone play snood. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever used? Do you remember when we used to have to use Windows 3.12 Windows for film groups? I guess I don't know. Yeah, how things have changed. Yeah, things things have have really changed. changed, Microsoft Bob. Griffin, mm-hmm. Disenchanted. Yes. It's going to be on the Disney Plus. Yes. Can I watch this on any of the other pluses? Paramount, no, um, no. Apple? Exclusively on really? Disney Plus. Okay. Yeah. Right. Sounds yeah. good. Only. That's great. Blank Check is a podcast. Uh-huh. I think our listeners probably already listened to it. If yeah. you're not already listening to it, you mm-hmm. should. It's Better a great and show. more popular than this show. Not true. Yeah. It is. Yeah, but it's thank true. You for, but thank you. It's kind of you to dissemble in that. Let's compare metrics after this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm only going to show you enough to win, as Milton Berle once said. <laughs> Famously big podcast. Yeah. yeah huge, huge podcast. podcast. Yeah. Huge podcast. His, his first 30 day window was humongous. Huge. Yeah. It's a very funny film discussion show. You and David are. David Sims of The Atlantic. Hilarious is, is guys. my co host. Yeah. And as Great a, guests. We, we pick a director, we go through all of their movies. We are finishing up Stanley Kubrick right now. It's been quite a run. That guy made some uh, good pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talented guy. Talented guy. And then after- British, the- I'm, I'm told. No. Not? No. He abandoned. He's a Brooklyn boy. Oh, my gosh. Who left the States, mm. found a, his chosen home, and then never left. Interesting. Have you ever See? heard- You're, You learn a lot, too, on the show. You, you learn know, a lot. The thing, I always think of him as being this austere British man, and then you, you watch too. interviews with him, I he's like, uh, Jack, uh, move over to the corner. Yeah. Have you ever heard, Griffin, his recording of that tomorrow? I have incredible, incredible, stuff. incredible stuff. He's so funny. He was such a funny guy. Just a really chill dude yeah. too. Had that McConaughey vibe. Yes, you're like it smelled great. Is this guy blazing trees or yeah. what? Crystals <laughs> under the armpits. Wow, yeah. this yeah. guy is a chill guy. Yeah. Not the kind of guy who looks at. 2,000 pictures of doors to yes. choose a door for his movie. Well, he had to secretly confess to shooting the moon landing, yeah, Jesse. And the true. best way to do that is with a number on a door. We that's did that true. on the Patreon. That's what we did. We watched the moon landing and tried to explain why it was not directed by Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> Good bit. We did that as like an ancillary episode. But yeah, we're doing that. And then we're Henry Selleck is up next. Cool. Oh. He's one of my favorites. I'm a big dumb animation nerd. Lovely, charming man, that Henry Selleck. Another very, very <laughs> easy no. to work for. A very very cool guy. I yeah, like, I like. Uh, but I I love I love his movies, and he's got this new film, Wendell and Wild, which is his first movie in thirteen years. So it felt like a really good excuse to talk about him. Wonderful program, wonderful stuff from the great Griffin Newman. Of course, you know him as Orko mm. from Masters of the Universe, mm-hmm. and 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 Pip and Enchanted, uh, and Tan Tan. Oh, will there be Pip merchandise or theme park presents? Jordan, this is the big question. Oh my gosh. Oh, I thought you were about to say this is the big reveal. No, I... Because uh, we break this kind of news. Yeah, we might. We, we were the first ones on J. Jonah Jameson with real desk-pounding action. <laughs> no, the greatest action figure of all time. Of I said this recently. Jesse gave it to me for a birthday one year. It's my prized possession. We we did the Raimi trilogy on Blank Check earlier this year. And I, I went out and I said, this is the single... I want to put my chip down on mm-hmm. the single greatest action figure of all time. No, it was, of course... My first question. Hmm. To, to very quickly run through Before this. you took the role. Yes. Well, because, so I would say, you know, two voice actors on the first movie. They weren't really sure where to go with the voice on this one, especially because he didn't talk that much in the first movie. And I think they wanted to, as as Disney is wont to do, figure out who the most famous person they could get was to fill that role. A pesh, right. if you will, perhaps. Sure. 
don't think he was actually offered. They tried Jordan Morris. They tried Al Madrigal. They tried Owen Wilson. All the big names. And then the the producer of- Why'd I turn that down? That was dumb. (laughs) What (laughs) the- Stupid. What was I thinking? You thought you were going to get Billy from Family Circus and there was a conflict of interest. (laughs) Right, yeah. Just got so close to that. That fell apart, of course. Fell apart in legal- it's crazy that they found another actor who leaves a trail of dots behind right. him. <laughs> and speaks to yes. a ghost. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. No, they they were trying to find somebody, I I think, and they they were having trouble locking anyone down. The producer of both Enchanted films was the producer on The the Tick, the series I did. And he called me on a Friday and said, like, I need you to do me a really big favor. I said, okay. And he went, there's no job here. <laughs> Like, up front, there's no job here. Monday, we're doing a read-through of the whole script for Disney over Zoom with the whole cast. This chipmunk's in a big part of the movie. I need to find a famous person to do it. They're not going to hire you, but I need someone to fill in because if the jokes don't land, they're going to demand rewrites or whatever. You know, it's like this— McConaughey's on a bender. Exactly. Because just fill in. Only thing that can come of this is Disney execs get to see you do a voice. I know yeah. you're doing more voiceover. End of the day, they're obviously going to go Richard Kind, but— Absolutely, right. It's every name is being thrown out. And so I, I fill in at this Zoom read, which I— in my mind, the absolute biggest thing I'm angling for is I'm thinking, if I nail this, if I kill this so hard— they will let me be the guy in the green body sock holding the puppet off camera right, who, for her to act on. Who will later be replaced by Which CGI. I, yeah. I was ready to pitch myself sure. to do. I was like, I would love to. I This is coming out of lockdown. You put those fucking ping pong balls every time you play Orko. Absolutely. And I have nice legs. Yeah. Like when it, I, I in relish a, an in opportunity a to have you a look good in a catsuit cat covered in ping pong Absolutely. balls. Absolutely. So I was ready to do that. And I fill in at this thing and they call me a week later and they're like, we're just going to have you do the thing. Wow. It was just That's cool. immediate. They loved it. Yeah. And I said, what happened? And he said, if I can tell the bragging story. Please. Because you know, it's, it's away. still feels a little unreal. My producer friend, Barry Josephson, was like, I thought you'd be really good for this. Mm-hmm. I could not verbalize that to you because I knew I could not straight pitch you as a name to Disney. But I thought if I put you in front of them, then maybe I could over the course of eight or nine months mm-hmm. – Convince them to let you do a scratch track, work up to hopefully letting you be the guy with the thing. And I said, so what happened? And he said, the second we finished the read, Amy Adams calls me and says, we're hiring that guy. Wow. And Amy At, Adams. You got the Adams. Calls producer, blessing. director, Disney. Hold on one second. Sorry, I'm just getting a phone call. Hello? Jesse's yeah. taking out his phone, by the way. He took out <laughs> the phone for the bit. Oh, Walt? Yeah, it's Jesse. How's... How's the fires of hell? <laughs> All right. But you're visiting the spectral plane. A boulder, the, you say. The corporeal. Sounds tough to push. Yeah. Yeah, well, Amy Adams said that. Well, that's what Amy Adams said. You. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I can tell. He's right here. I can tell. Mm. Him. Yeah. I don't. I don't see why it's my job. I mean, obviously, you could have called him. I, I understand that you don't have his number in your phone because he's not famous enough. I understand. Is he talking about me? He's, yeah. Griffin, he's talking about you. Can, ask him if he can do dinner on Wednesday instead. I can't do Tuesday anymore. So does he want to give me a ghost blowjob? He doesn't call <laughs> you anymore. That was a one-time thing. He oh, blocked your number, Jordan. Man. Okay, I'll tell him. Mm. I'll tell him. They're going with Richard Kind from mm. Spin City. He's best friends with Clooney. Yeah, no, um, I know. He does a lot of fun pranks on set. Yeah. He's got a hangdog look. Or a funny suit. Casamigos <laughs> Halloween party. Good, 
Quentin <laughs> everything. Yeah. He's always great. You're always yeah. happy to see yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, it did. It, yeah. it did truly feel like, That's oh, awesome. I'm the placeholder for this. And at some point they will replace me. And now it's like. I just got a text. They're replacing Amy Adams with Richard Kind. <laughs> it's becoming like the rich little holiday yeah. special. Kind's going to do the whole thing. I'm for it. You know, gonna reshoot it. This from is scratch. Kind's clumps. Yeah. <laughs> kind needs a clump. It's just going to be Kind in a black box theater. Yeah. <laughs> Clump it around. He's going to people the stage <laughs> for two and a half hours. Yeah. Kind is one of our clumpier actors. He is. <laughs> kind can clump. Kind can clump. <laughs> Kind's clump. He's a clumper. Kind's a clumper. <laughs> Saying words out here. Yeah. Oh, oh, but I, I have to answer this question. Yes. Oh, uh, yes. yes. Uh, merchandise, theme park presents. So These then are it was, two passions it was suddenly this thing of like, the part's yours. Yeah. You need to sign a contract immediately. We need to get you a studio in two days because we want the audio to play on set when yeah. we're acting. You're not invited to set, by the way. But <laughs> we're going to play the right, clips right. of everything. And so it's like a very quick thing and it, under the gun. And I'm just like, whatever the deal is, take it. But the one thing I said to my reps was, get it in that I have to do the voice for everything. And yeah. it's not a money thing. It's like a, a nerd thing right. where it's like, you know when you're hearing the sound alike. You know when you're hearing Tom Hanks's brother. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you can say whatever you pay me for it, but don't get a cheaper person because I'm the cheap person. Let me do the McDonald's commercial. Let me do yeah. everything. Let me be the Skylander. So it's all baked in. And it's I've just been waiting for the call for any of these supplemental things. Mm -hmm. It's going to um, happen. I think it's going to happen. He looks like a stuffed animal. Right. It's right there. But yeah. it, it, nothing is set. There's going to be a ride. There's going to be a disenchanted ride. And you're going to tell the people on the ride, we need your help. That the, the pre-ride, like, you better buckle up. Yeah. Any of that stuff. I, I really or uh, doing a candy crush oh, overlay. Oh, hold on. Oh, yeah. Hold on one oh, second. Oh, my God. Your phone's Another ringing. I got it. I got a text from Build-A-Bear Workshop. Okay, here we go. They just got bought by Richard Kind. Oh, no. Yeah. They just wanted to let you know that. <laughs> Build-A-Rich build Workshop? Yeah. No, it's Build-A, yeah. They're doing a lot of Spin City stuff lately. <laughs> Every kid wants their Spin City bear under the tree this Christmas. The answer wow, is... Wow, I got Barry Bostwick. Is he in that? Yeah, oh yeah. He was the mayor. Okay, that's what I thought. Ah, oh, you gave me Caroline in the city. Where'd you get this Payless, not Build-A-Bear workshop? That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. the, the point here is, I'm asking for your sick, wow, perverted... closet playset. I'm asking for your sick, perverted fans to, yes. to yeah. demand... There's a bunch of sickos out there the listening. The theme park presence, the right. merch. You know what? If you're out there and you're a sick, nasty freak, dip yeah. your wick in this. Yeah. Get on your fucking nasty little Twitter account. Yeah. Your, Blast this one out. Your freaky little Instagram. Yeah. Get it, Disney. Yeah. Tell them you want as much pip as your asshole can handle. Yeah, and I want to hear this voice everywhere. I want everywhere. to ring in my nightmares. And can mm -hmm. I also ask that they tag Build-A-Bear Workshop? <laughs> yeah, sure. So tag Disney, yeah. Build-A-Bear Workshop. Yeah. Let them know that Pip needs a bear, okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's get away from Jonathan Silverman and get mm -hmm. to Griffin Newman. But let's make it clear also, do not tag Richard Kind because we don't want to give him any more ideas. No, no. Yeah. Richard Kind is a fucking bulldozer. He's too he busy. This guy. He's so busy. This guy literally was in court in New Hampshire trying yeah. to unbuy yeah. Build-A-Bear Workshop. 
then he finds out it's not going to happen. <laughs> Quick turnaround, he's fired half the staff. Yep. This thing is over leveraged. Right. And the whole time he's just talking about free speech. But he just wants Build a Bears to be able to say as many slurs as they want. <laughs> he's yeah. one of these rise and grind moguls right. who's like, yeah. I, I sleep 45 minutes a night. I wake mm-hmm. up at 3 a.m. because that's right. when the Japanese stock market opens. Sure, I have I to like, feed Clooney's pig. <laughs> yeah, boost my platform yeah. or whatever. Kind and, just takes a little bit of LSD in yeah. the morning. Yeah. He's, he's a micro more creative. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, well, Griffin, Monday through Friday, he's a microdoser. Saturday and Sunday, it's all macro. Baby. Macro. <laughs> that guy is living his <laughs> life. Richard Kind from Spin City is good at everything. Everyone loves Richard Kind because he's fucking Can I plug Richard great. Kind quickly? Please Just do. his whole body yeah. of work. The yeah. guy's never bad. He's great. Go to IMDb, type in Richard Kind. He's on like yourself. a C- CBS procedural now. I Red just Oaks. caught it for I him. loved him on good Red Oaks. Go, go on Amazon Prime. Watch Red Oaks. Richard yeah. Kind's in there. He's fucking great. Yeah, if you got extra time, throw on a, a tick or two. Throw on a tick. Yeah. Throw on a tick. Throw on a quick tick. Tick's real good. Yeah. Tick's real good. Give it a quick tick. Yeah. Well, how come we never had Serafinowitz? We've had Warburton. Are there other ticks? Besides- there, uh, Townsend Coleman. Dude, yeah, who's that who did him Daphne on the animated Coleman, show? You said? <laughs> so it's Townsend Coleman. It's one of the great yeah. names. And okay. he was also Michelangelo on Ninja Turtles. It's oh, another cool. one of these guys where you're like, nice. oh, you played those eight characters? Right, yeah. We have had Dabney Coleman and Vince Coleman, the Cardinal Speedster, mm-hmm. but we have yet sure. to have. I think Sam Regal was Michelangelo at some point. Oh, God, yes. Anyway. Barry Gordon, the kid from A Thousand Clowns, was one of those Ninja Turtles. Who hasn't been a Ninja Turtle at this point? Me. Yeah. The three of us. Al Madrigal. Jordan Al Madrigal. Morris. <laughs> you could cast the three of us. Listen. <laughs> we could. Leo, Raph, Don. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Chris Fairbanks. Can right. Be Michael y- you can make Davidson the fourth if that helps boost the profile. Yeah, listen. Yeah. If you want a Ninja Turtle, who fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Whip it around his fat turtle yeah. cock. Can anyone remember something funny Pete Davidson has done? Anyway. I don't know. I mean, he does. There's something about him, but who yeah. knows what the fuck it is. It is pretty funny, objectively, how much he fucks. Like, yeah. it is. That is funny. <laughs> he does seem smelly. Yeah. To his credit. Yeah. You know, he's got that Renner quality. Yeah, and I like that he seems as surprised as anyone that right. he's now become <laughs> the Warren Beatty yeah, of his he's generation. He's like, not Michael Che? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> I guess I'll fuck. <laughs> If I must. <laughs> Daniel Zaffron is our producer who has to get to work. Mm. Our theme oh, yeah. music, Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. Our producer emeritus, Brian Sunny D. Fernandez. Find us on social media at Jordan Jesse Go on Twitter. You can also at Build a Bear Workshop. Yes. We're on Reddit at MaximumFun.Reddit.com. On Facebook at Facebook.com slash Jordan Jesse Go. Never miss an episode again. You know what I mean? To our final warning. How dare you miss an episode? <laughs> Except for you, Hunter. Yeah. You're, you're out of here. Fucking mitochondria. <laughs> Go suck a lemon, Ellen Boss. Okay. Yeah, that's probably all the things we say at the end of a show. No one really remembers. Uh, we'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. I'll hug you and kiss you and love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.